Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey guys, welcome to Branch Life Church. Whether you're watching online, listening to the podcast, or at one of our worship sites spread all over town, we're glad that you've joined us today. Hey, we want you to wave at us if you're watching from a worship site, or you can hit the like button if you're online, or honk your horn if you're listening to the podcast while you're driving. We are excited about sharing some good news with you this week, and the song that you just heard during the countdown is a brand new song that's going to be the anthem of our good news series. It's called God So Loved by We the Kingdom, and we're sharing the link right now online on the chat feed so that you can have this to listen to anytime you're at home or with your group. Learn it, and we're going to sing it out as we get together on the weeks ahead talking about good news because, hey, we all need a little bit more good news in 2020, and that's what we're doing for the rest of the Sundays this year is we're focusing on the good news in our town, in our community, and in our church. And we want to invite you to join us for that. We're also diving into the best news of all, and that's that there is hope and help in the gospel. We're diving deep into the gospel, and we're learning why the gospel is the best news of all. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We are really appreciating that you're here, and we want to hear from you, whether this is your first time or you're with us every time. Will you take a moment to fill out the connection card uh, before you sign off or move on to your next thing this week? We'd love to connect and hear from you. So fill out that card today. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone who gives regularly to allow Branch Life to be active in serving our community. We are just incredibly blessed by your generosity, and we've been able to bless others because of it. Some great news uh, in this front. We've been helping the Ashwood families, and out of 50 families, there are all but six who have found new homes. So pray for these last six families to be able to lease up and find new homes. And just this week in the Pottstown Mercury, uh, Johnny Corson from the NAACP wrote this note, and they quoted it in the newspaper. It says, we want to thank Branch Life Church for providing chairs, donating food, uh, cooking hot dogs during our Pottstown event feeding hungry families. He said, why is it always that Branch Life Church seems to be there when there's a need in our town? That was kind of awesome to get that shout out. And we can help meet these needs because you guys have been generous to us. Every time you give, you enable us to be for Pottstown and for our community. So thank you for giving. You can do that anytime at branchlife.church slash give. Well, we're going to jump into some good news today. So stick with us as we look at Romans chapter five and we see what it really means to have our real problems solved by God. And we're going to hear from Pastor Corey and jump over to an interview with him as we celebrate some good news in his life. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned. Hey, our good news that we're celebrating today is directly connected to this guy right here. This is Pastor Corey Murphy. A lot of times he's behind the camera and you don't get to see him, but he is intimately involved in Branch Life Church. Pastor Corey has been a part of our planting team from the very beginning. He's one of the four pastors that have been planting Branch Life Church, and his specific roles have been family ministries, uh, including kids, teenagers, 
uh, leading a small group, our social media campaigns, our online production, as well as our worship production, and a lot more. We've loved having Pastor Corey be a part of planning Branch Life Church for the last three years. But God has now moved him and his family to a brand new chapter where he is going to be the new lead pastor at Grace Family Church in New Holland, Pennsylvania. And this Sunday is his last Sunday with us. So we wanted you to hear from Pastor Corey, uh, and we want to pray together for him, and we want to celebrate this incredibly good news, and we're going to explain why this is good news in a second. Uh, Corey, are you ready to answer a few uh, hard questions that we're going to throw at you? Yes. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, the other fun fact, you might not know, Corey and I have known each other for almost 20 years. Uh I was his youth pastor before uh, coming to Branch Plant, Branch Life Church, and then we partnered up to do this together. So, uh, we're good friends, so I am going to ask him hard questions. All right. Question number one, could you tell us about uh, Grace Family Church and your call to become their lead pastor? Yes. So, uh, Grace Family is a part of the Fellowship of Churches. Um, that Gateway Church is a part of. And so I was at Gateway for six years before I came to Branch Life. And I've known the pastor at Grace Family, who's transitioning to a different role within the fellowship, um, for almost eight years because of my time at Gateway. And so a church that I've been familiar with, I had been to previously just for different events and functions and stuff. Good friendships there with their Um, youth leaders, having worked with them and doing things like retreats and stuff together. Um, And so the really cool thing is when they were looking for a new pastor, there was no um, call for that. They didn't cast a wide net and try and find a bunch of people and have a bunch of applications come in. Um, They called me and I didn't know they were going to call. I didn't uh, have any inside information there. I got a call one day and they said, hey, would you consider this? And so that's where I was. And so it's a really cool opportunity. I think um, I'm not stepping into a situation that was just a church down the street that called. In fact, if it was a random church that called and got my name somehow, I probably would have said no. Um, But because of the connection I had had previously, I think it's a very unique opportunity and I'm really excited to to be a part of it and see what happens. It's exciting. You're convinced, we're convinced that this is God's call in your life. We're excited to send you out and to, to be a part of sending you to this new place. For everyone who's questioning, how do we know God's will? How do we know this is God's call? How did you know that this is what God wanted you to do? Yeah, I think um, part of it is what God does in our hearts before we get to a decision like this. Um, And so it had been a part of what I wanted to do to be a lead pastor that had been developing in me probably over the last five or six years. Um, And I think it was always, it's become a goal of mine to do. It was something that I wanted to do. I just didn't think it would be now. (laughs) I didn't think that call was coming. Um, And so that process was a big part of it. Like I said, understanding and knowing the church uh, that I'm going to and having that specific connection to that church um, was a big part of it. I don't think that was happenstance. Um, And as a longer version of this story that I won't tell now, there have been Uh, different things have happened along the way in my life that led to certain decisions. And this has kind of been a progression of that. So if you're interested in the interesting story that started with me working at Red Robin, we (laughs) can have, we can have that conversation, that story another time, but it was just kind of a continuation of that and seeing God work in my life and Becca's life in a certain direction. Um, And so when the call came, I wasn't sure right away. It wasn't like, Oh, this call came, I'm going. Um, but just in conversations with their elders and what they're looking for as well, it's just a confirmation that it was a good match. Um, and also, really practical, it's not too far away. 
I didn't want to have to move to another state or something like that. Being able to still be close to Branch, close to my family, close to most of Becca's family um, was a big deal as well. So it checked off a lot of the boxes that we were looking for before we knew they were going to call and even after they did. Um, and I see that as God's leading in a certain direction. And when he gives you answers to those questions you're asking and trying to figure out, um, it just becomes more clear that that's the path he wants you to go on. Yeah, when you're walking in God's will, it's kind of easy to see that this is it. This is yeah. what he's calling you to do. Well, we're excited. We're excited for you, but what are you most excited about uh, transitioning over to this church, becoming a lead pastor, anything yeah. you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I, I'm excited to just be a part of um, a different family. It's kind of fun to get to know different people sometimes. Not that I don't love the people well, here, thanks, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But seeing, just getting to be a part of a new team, um, working together with some, some new people is always fun to me. I've always loved being a part of a team. And so when we put yeah. together the team at branch, I was excited about mm-hmm. that. And now this is a new thing too. And I'm excited to, um, have the opportunity to preach on a more regular basis. Um, I wanted to do that more here, and honestly, Pastor Josh would ask me to do that more here. It was difficult, though, with the amount of time I was needing to put into other things. And so being able to do um, some more teaching and preaching in that way and stepping into a new challenge. Um, I've always been someone that wanted to take the next step. And what was that next step? And I wanted to challenge myself in that. And so just seeing that as a challenge moving forward, I'm excited about as well. And the new challenges we're gonna, I'm going to get to face. Yeah. One of our goals and one of our missions at Branch Life is multiplication. We want to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. And so everything that we do is to develop leaders. We are developing ourselves, including people that are a part of the church. How has your journey planting a church uh, prepared you, developed you to lead in this way? Yeah, I think that I got a really good crash course in every aspect of ministry you can have. Um, just building from the ground up. Like sometimes you go into a church and it's, there's already foundations built. There's people there. There's what's going on. Well, well, being a part of building that from the ground up has been really interesting. I've gotten to be a part of every piece of what goes into, um, church and just kind of learning through that. I think also the challenge of thinking about like as a church, we've met in, I think five different locations (laughs) in two and a half years, something like that, at least. Right. (laughs) So that understanding of just like going from place to place and growing as God leads and even through a pandemic um, has just prepared me to kind of look at challenges and go, I can look back and go, we met in five different locations. We, we planted through a pandemic. Like I can, you know, with God, we can tackle a lot of yeah. things. And so, um, yeah, it's just been cool to kind of develop that understanding of church and also to kind of look at it and see what God has done through me and us and be able to kind of move that forward. So we're talking about this under the umbrella of good news. But on one hand, it's like uh, we've got a team and part of me feels like I'm losing my right arm, right? Like Corey's been a part of everything that we've done. How is this good news for Branch Life Church that you're going to another place and doing something else now? Yeah, I think it's easy. It would be easy to say it's sad. And we've had this conversation, especially with our small group. Um, Just saying, hey, we're sad that we're not going to get to see each other every week or hang out as much as we did. Um, but the cool thing is, and this has always been a part of the life of Branch, is this idea of gaining by losing. Um, and so very early on in Branch Life's uh, life, we read that book together. I had already read it, Gaining by Losing by J.D. Greer. And the process is develop leaders, like you said, and then we spread out and we go. And what does that do? Well, it just creates more team members that are across a certain region or different places in the church that are working together to build the kingdom. Um, just because, in, in fact, if, if 
all the good leaders all stayed in one spot, right. and biblically-minded people all stayed in one spot right. and didn't go to anybody else, we'd all be really benefiting this one little group of people, but we have to spread out and go to different places. Um, and while saying goodbye is one of those sad things in church that you do sometimes, it also can be really cool because God does really cool things, and it doesn't mean we're leaving each other. We're not breaking up. You know what I mean? Like it's a, We're still friends and still all that stuff, and we just get to do ministry in different ways and sharpen one another and continue to work that way as a team, just not on a daily basis. Yeah, so this is good news. I mean, this is the best news that we could receive is that God's calling, God's moving, God's leading. And we're so excited for Grace Church. We're so excited for uh, the Murphys. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought you forgot I wasn't going to do Murphy. this. No, I was choking back tears, well, trying, not to, trying not to cry. Um, and we, I want to say publicly, a thank you to Corey, to Becca. Um, they, Corey worked three jobs for two years to help Branch Life Church. He moved his family. They bought a new house not knowing what their income would be. He served uh, with a smile and did a lot of hard things all along this way, and he did it well. And so he has been a major part of the foundation of who Branch Life is and whatever God does for the rest of our generation and the generations to come as a result of this, you're a part of. You're a major part of. And so thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being on this journey. Ah! That's right. I'll say thank you too. Uh, yeah. It, you know, when we sat and where do we sit? Arby's or Burger something like that. We sat yeah. and we had lunch and whatever, and and it was just an exciting thing to be a part of. And so I want to say thank you as well for the opportunity, um, and to everybody else that kind of came along. And we had a dream, and it, God was a big part of that dream. But we needed other people to come along and be a part of that too. And so I want to say thank you to others who jumped in and were a part of the kidsmen teams and a part of youth group even and a part of our tech teams and all the people we got to work with and stuff like that um it's just been a lot of fun and really really cool so we're thankful as well yeah we're we're excited so we want to pray for Corey. we're going to ask you in a a little bit in your groups wherever you are if you could spend the next few minutes praying for pastor Corey, praying for grace church for becca for owen uh, anna and carter and what God has uh, for them, that God's blessing would be on them. Is there anything specific you would have us pray for for you in this time? Uh, any way we can be supporting you through prayer? Yeah, I mean, just looking at, um, I mean, now we have three kids, so that's new. Um, and also leading out of a pandemic. So just wisdom um, in all of those places and the ability to make right choices and follow where God leads and just those kinds of things. Nothing super specific, but just those life circumstances that a lot of us are dealing with currently, and then just in that context. Um, All right, we're going to ask you to go to prayer. We're going to have a countdown clock, and there's two other things you can do. You can give towards the Murphy Love Gift by going to Branch Life slash give, and just hit the designation for the next gen support staff, and everything that comes in will go directly to Pastor Corey and Becca as they make this transition And uh, we would encourage you guys to do that and to give in that way. And then obviously continuing to support them in prayer. So, uh, Corey, God uh, blessings on you. Can't wait to see what ministry is going to happen in the future. And we celebrate with you. So let's pray together uh, as a church in many different places during this countdown.
Hey guys, Josh here. Thanks for jumping in with us as we go uh, to week two of our Good News series. We're going to be digging deep into the gospel and we're going to be looking at what it means to believe and follow the good news that the Bible has for us. As Christians, we have some of the best news that changes our world today for the better. Speaking of our world today, I just happen to have today's newspaper. And uh, if you're like me, it's no surprise that in 2020, as we're going through the uh, headlines of today, that there are some big problems out there. Let me just read a couple of these. Uh, headline number one in today's paper, officials say COVID-19 fall surge has arrived. Police uh, say man shot in neck on Franklin Street in Pottstown. Uh, uh, police lines crossed, riots in Philadelphia, uh, level two tornado lands, makes landfall in the Gulf Coast. Man, these are some major problems that people are having in our time today. And what we're going to look at is some good news, even in the midst of problems. I want to tell you about a man that you learn about in the Bible. His name is Abraham. Abraham is someone that you come across pretty quickly as you're reading the, the Old Testament, and he's considered like the founder of uh, a lot of faiths. And God was, Abraham was chosen by God, and God gave Abraham a very specific mission that he was on. And, and Abraham moved his family and moved his livelihood to follow God's will, to follow God's plan. And Abraham got to the ripe old age of about a hundred. Now, a hundred's pretty old, right? Like I have a 104-year-old grandfather who's going to be turning 105 in just a couple weeks. We're throwing him a parade. We celebrate when people reach over a hundred years old. And Abraham had been following God for a hundred years. But God said to Abraham, made him a promise. He said that your children will be like the number of the stars. Your children's children will be innumerable, and God's going to use his children throughout the story of the world. The only problem was Abraham, who is now over 100 years old, had no kids. How can God make this big promise that he's going to have children that will outnumber the stars, yet he doesn't have any kids? And he's past the kid age, right? He's not wanting to stay up with babies anymore. He just thinks this isn't a possibility. But Abraham now had this big problem that he was facing, and God started to speak to him. Abraham's response was a powerful response. He said that in, in Genesis 15, 6, that Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. In other words, what God said to him, he believed would happen. What God directed, he believed God would complete. He believed God, even though it didn't make sense, even though it didn't seem like it was possible. And in this story, he tells his wife or his wife overhears this promise that you're going to have kids that are going to outnumber the stars. And she's in her tent thinking, I'm over 100 years old. There is no way that this is going to happen. And she actually chuckles. And God hears the laughter and rebukes her. And Abraham is credited for believing while even his wife was like, there's no way this is going to happen. God can't solve this problem. God can't fix this. This is, this is bigger than what could happen. But Abraham in Genesis 18 says this, that there, or God says this, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And today, as we look at the good news, here's what the good news is. There's nothing 
that's too difficult for the Lord. There's no problem that God can't handle. There's no issue that God can't fix. There's no correction that God can't make. There's no life that God can't save. The good news is that there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. And as we study Romans chapter 5 in just a couple of minutes, we're going to see this powerful truth. And we're going to unpack this and we're going to show you how this has incredible encouragement for you today. Romans 5 is going to teach us that Jesus has the power to solve our real problems. You know, we started by looking at the problems that we see in the headlines. And these look like big problems. I mean, there's disease, there's disaster, uh, there's death. But these aren't the real problem. And Romans chapter 5 tells us that Jesus has the, pro- the, the power to solve our real problem. And we don't. But he does. So we want to encourage you guys in your groups, for those of you that are watching online, to just pause and to open to Romans chapter 5 and read the entire chapter, 1 through 20. So why don't you take some time to do that now, read Romans chapter 5, and then we're going to talk about how this is some incredibly good news. If you'd like to read Romans 5 with me, I'll read it out loud. If you want to read it for yourself, just put me on mute during this time. But here's what Romans 5 has to say. We'll start in verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him also we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for the one who scarcely dies, for the righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the, saved by him from the wrath of God. Verse 10. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now than we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, death through sin, and that death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there's no law. Yet death death reigned from Adam to Moses, and over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was the type of the one who was yet to come. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass for For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the the free gift by the grace of God that is one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because one man trespassed, death reigned through only one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of God's righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, 
So, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. And so by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Now the law came into the increase and the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteous leading to the eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, as we continue in worship and we look at this good news series, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. We're going to jump through some of these powerful truths that are transformational in our life. And remember this, Jesus solves our real problems. We don't. We are surrounded by real problems. But all problems have a root. They all have a source. So I want you to think about as we go into this, this section of our worship today, what problems you're facing. What, what problems are you struggling with? What, what keeps you up at night? What are you wrestling with? Where does your anxiety come from? Is it in a relationship? Is it in concerns around this pandemic? Are you, do you have spiritual problems? Do you have uh, emotional uh, problems? Do you have financial problems? Are there some relationships that are falling apart? Are you now a homeschool parent and you can just barely got through school yourself? What problems are you facing? No matter what these problems are, they're all rooted in the same thing. And Romans chapter 5 teaches us that Jesus has the power to solve our real problem. So let's jump into Romans 5 and see what, see what truths we can be encouraged by today. In Romans chapter 5, in verses 8 through 10, I wanted to show you a little bit of the back and forth that you'll see in this chapter. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Last week in part one of good news, we simply said this. Here's good news. God loves you. God loves you and he cares deeply about you. No matter your past, no matter what choices you've made, God dearly loves you because you have been created by God for a purpose. This verse that digs deep into this truth in the gospel so tells us about God's love and tells us about how unworthy we are of that love. God loved us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. You know, it's not, not very uh, nice to be called a sinner. It's not very nice when someone points out to you and says, Hey, you're wrong. You're not a good person. You're making mistakes. You're choosing uh, bad choices. With my kids, uh, we always say, Hey, make the right choices, right? You're going to go to school. Make the right choices at school, right? Make sure you fasten your seatbelt. Make sure you don't lie. Make sure you obey your teacher. We tell, we tell people about these things all the time. But no one likes to be told that, Hey, they're sinners. But the Bible says it over and over again. It's constantly calling you and me sinners. In another section in Romans, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the real problem. The real problem is that you and I are sinners. We're born that way. And that sin has corrupted everything that's inside of us. Our natural inclination is sin. We, we will always have to talk ourselves out of making the wrong choice or the incorrect choice because we have been broken by this very reality. But here's the good news. God loves us anyway. God loves us even though we are sinners. And if you're going to be honest with yourself right now in these moments, you're going to say, hey, you know what? I know. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I don't always make the right choice. I know that I make mistakes in my life. And if we can just agree on this, that a lot of the problems that we have in life come because we often make the wrong choices. 
But look back at Romans chapter 5. But God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. The good news that Jesus gives us is that sinners have hope in the blood of Jesus that we can be justified. This is a powerful word we're going to talk more about in a second. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Here's another powerful truth that you need to understand. Not only are you a sinner, but because of your sin, God's wrath is on its way. God judges sin. He doesn't just brush it aside. There should be like a holy terror when we know God loves us, but God also judges sin. And it's a real, real truth that God is actively involved in eliminating sin. But we can be saved from that. For if while we were enemies, when we weren't on the same team, when we were fighting with God, we were reconciled. Once enemies, but now family to God through the death of his son. Much more now shall we uh, who are reconciled shall be saved by his life. One of the things I love about this verse is some of the incredibly powerful encouraging good news terms that are here justification salvation reconciliation and god's love are all wrapped up in this powerful message that even though you are and i are sinners god solves the problem of sin so if you're with your small group or with your worship site or if you're listening online i want to encourage you to write down a few questions that you guys can discuss later today or at another time or with your family over dinner. So here's some discussion questions and we're gonna unpack these a little bit as we go on and I'll give you a few more questions down the road. Question number one, what are justification and reconciliation? I mean, those are big terms and maybe we have our grasp around these, but these are gospel terms that have some incredibly powerful good news uh, uh, connected to them. And then how do they help me in 2020? Remember last week we said God loves you and that God uh, gave us the good news of the gospel. And that good news changes our lives the moment we're saved in the past, but it also is something we're standing in today and it's going to change our future forever. So how do these words, how does these good news words affect me today with the troubles that I'm having? Well, let's talk that over. Justification is the action of being declared or made righteous. In the sight of God. That's what justification is. It's an action. It's something that happens. And it's when you are declared not guilty. It's when your wrongs have been erased. It's your criminal record has been expunged. Justification, a legal term, happens when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood covers you. You've been reconciled. You've been justified by God. The powerful good news that we have is, yes, our sins deserve punishment, but God justifies us when we believe in Jesus. And then the second part of it is reconciliation. This is restoration from a relationship. Our sin has separated us from the God of the universe, but once we're justified, we're brought back into good relation with God. We're brought back into the family of God. And here's terms like adoption, where we're brought in, into the family and seen as sons or daughters of God. Before, God is our enemy. Now, after justification and reconciliation, God is our father. 
Can you start to see how these two terms now then transform my day to day? If God is for me, who can be against me? When I'm on God's side, when I have the all-powerful God of the universe as my dad, I can talk to him anytime. I can walk with him at any time. I now have unlimited power to deal with whatever 2020 can bring in. So Romans chapter 5 is actually going to unpack this for us. And here's, here's the truth. Here's the difference these two terms make. We can now know peace, stand in grace, and rejoice in hope in 2020. This is some good news. I don't know if this describes your 2020. Have you had peace during this time? Have you been able to be grace-filled? And have you been able to rejoice in hope? Even though things haven't gone quite according to plan. The good news that God has for us is that even in hard times, we can be marked by peace, grace, joy, and hope. Look at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, and if you're going to jump to Romans chapter 4, you're going to see Abraham's story that we started off with. Therefore, since we believed in faith, since we have been justified legally and right standing before God by faith, we have peace with God. There's no longer a spiritual turmoil. There's no longer a spiritual battle. The moment you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, you can stop fighting Him, and you can start walking with Him. I got saved at a young age, so I don't have a big comparison about a spiritual battle, whether I believed in God or didn't believe in God, whether I was fighting against God or, or trying to ignore Him. But, but for those that got saved in later times or for you that are thinking about a relationship with God, you know very well this battle that goes on inside of you. Is God real? Does He exist? Is He talking to me? Am I pushing Him aside? Listen, there is a part of you that was created to know God. And that part will never be satisfied or quiet until God is known. And when you have faith in God, when you put your faith in Him, you now have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, it's possible because of Jesus. Through Him, Jesus, we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We can now stand in grace, knowing that no matter what, no matter what we've done, no matter what sin has been a part of our lives, that God covers us with his mercy and with his love, even though we don't deserve it. We can stand in that and then we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Even though today we might have problems, I still have hope for the future. Faith in God, the good news of the gospel, shows us that we have access to peace, to grace, to joy, and to hope. Christians should be an example of peace, grace, joy, and hope in 2020. Man, if you have this kind of relationship with God, then this should be your prevailing spirit. It doesn't mean that we never fall apart or we never have anxiety or we never have discouragement, but because of the power of God, we're quickly able to replace those things with faith. At Branch Life Church, we like to say the stronger your connection to Christ the farther you reach and the more fruit you'll bear. That means the deeper you go in your walk with God, the more time that you are able to build your relationship with God, the fruit that you have will become more plentiful. What fruit are we talking about? We're talking about these things. You'll have more peace. You'll have more love. You'll have more gentleness and more grace and more kindness and more self-control. And when these things mark you as a Christian, you will look different from everyone else. 
You will handle tragedy differently. You'll handle grief differently. You'll handle pain differently. There are some incredible people who are a part of Branch Life Church who have been awesome examples of going through difficult times, but still able to have peace. I have a dear friend of ours who's watching online, has been watching through COVID. Her name's Luann. And Luann was bringing up her two kids, one in college and one in high school. And her, her husband went outside to shovel the snow. And while he was shoveling the snow, he had a massive heart attack and he passed away suddenly. He was a elementary school principal. So he was dearly loved by his family and the community. I remember very specifically uh, the funeral service for my friend Jack. All of these elementary students coming to the church and every single one of them wanted to hug Luann. And she, for two hours, hugged kid after kid after kid. And the conversation that every mom had as they were walking out and every parent and every friend, and every family member said, man, I, I can't believe the strength that she has. I can't believe the, the peace that she has that she's able to hold it together going through some incredible tragedy. And Luann would say, I have that peace because I know a great God. That's how Christians should be marked in times of trouble. So does this describe you? If you have faith in God, is this you in 2020? If it is, I want to remind you of 1 Peter 3.15. You need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Now, some of you say, this is not me. I am, I'm full of anxiety. I'm full of worry. I don't know what's going to happen with the politics and the elections and the pandemics that are going on. I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. They're falling apart, falling behind in their education. I love a little bit of peace and a little bit of hope. Well, can I say to you, that's the good news we have for you today. Lean into your relationship with Jesus or begin a relationship with Jesus. And you will have access to incredible hope and spiritual encouragement that will help you get through 2020. And if you don't know what that means, if you don't know what that looks like, find the person that is marked by peace and grace and joy and hope. And ask them what difference their faith makes. For those of you that have this faith, and be ready to answer. Because your one is watching. That person that you're praying for that you would love to see come to know Jesus is going through the same 2020 that you're going through. They're going through the same challenges and the same problems. They have the same worries and the same concerns. And the way that you display your faith will be a testimony to them. And you may get the opportunity to explain the hope that you have in this season. To tell them why you can have peace and you can have joy. Because you know a great God. That's what a relationship with God does. When we've been justified and we've been reconciled and we're a part of the family of God, when we know that our sins have been erased, that we can now spread the hope of the good news of Jesus to our one. See, as we go through Romans chapter 5, look at this incredible truth. Jesus solves the problem of sin. He solves it. He's the one who solves the problem of sin. Now, why is that such incredible good news? Sin is a problem because it separates us from God. Sin is a problem because it it gets into all of our hearts and into all of the world. And, And Jesus, when he died on the cross, he solved the problem of sin. And sin is the root of all problems. Where does disease come from? Where does death 
come from? Where do broken relationships come from? Where does anxiety come from? It comes from sin. You see, when sin entered the world, when sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve entered the world, the world broke. And we now live in a broken world. Romans 5.12 tells us this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and that's Adam, and death through sin, because of Adam's sin, now death is a reality. And death spread to all men because all men sin. Sin is the problem and death is the result. But Jesus conquered the problem of sin. And sin is the root of all problems. Back last year at Branch Life Church, we went through a series called Broken. And we dealt with this particular topic in depth. And the world has been broken by sin. The world, that's that's why there are disasters. That's why there are poor choices. That's why there are broken relationships. Because all of us have been tainted by sin. And it's sometimes not even the choices that you make that cause the problems. It's just the fact that the things in this world are broken. And so Jesus, when he gave us the good news, he gave us hope and healing for a hurting world. And never has that been more true than as we've walked through 2020. Jesus solved the problem of sin, and sin is the cause of all problems. In in Romans chapter 5.15, the discussion goes on, For if many died through one man's trespass, there's lots of problems because one man made a mistake. Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace that one man, Jesus Christ, abounds for many. Now, here's the good news wrapped up in this truth that sin has broken us. If sin has broken us, then here's the good news. All of us have the availability to receive grace. Every single person who has been touched and tainted by sin can receive the free gift of grace from God. So let's ask ourselves a couple of discussion questions. What is grace? What is grace? Chew on this this week. Talk about it with your friends. How does grace help me in 2020? And then who are you trusting in to solve your problems? Let's look at this together really quick, and then I want you to talk about it in your groups and with your families later today. Grace is unearned love and mercy and favor that is given freely. Man, grace is one of the most incredible good news terms. You get love that you don't deserve. You get mercy that you don't deserve. You get acceptance that you don't deserve when you're given grace. One of the most popular songs of all times is called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We all deeply appreciate grace in our lives. And God is the giver of grace. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any person should boast. We all, how does this help, this this issue of grace? How does it help me in 2020? Hey, we all need more grace in 2020. And everybody said, amen. We all need more grace in 2020. And when you realize that you have been given this incredible grace by God, that you are freely pardoned and it's undeserved and his love is pouring out on you, then the overflow response should be, you should be good at giving grace to other people. Listen, we all need more grace. 
So have grace for those teachers that are trying to teach online and in person. Have grace for those kids that are trying to just get through each and every day. Have grace for that husband who seems just to be exhausted. Have grace for that pastor who's trying to do the best he can, trying to set everything up for everyone with different kinds of concerns. Have grace for that politician. Have grace for that police officer. Have grace for that neighbor. We all need more grace in 2020. And you, giving grace, can be given grace then freely. Hey, when we understand the good news of the gospel, that we get something we don't deserve, then we can freely give grace to all the people around us. Can we all agree that we need more grace in 2020? Let's go and be grace-filled as we continue through this year. And finally, let's ask this application question today. This final question that we traveled through this good news. Hey, God solves the problem of sin. So who are you trusting to solve your problems? Who are you looking at to get answers for all of these things that are going on around us? When you start reading the paper every morning, where do you put your hope? Where do you put your faith and where do you put your trust? Let me just say this. If it's in anybody else but God, you're going to be let down. If in this season you're trying to hope that a certain president's going to lead you in a certain way and it's going to try to change or correct or keep going with certain things, listen, presidents let us down. Politicians let us down. Parents let us down. Listen, they're not the ones that can solve our problems. Our real problem can only be solved by Jesus. Look back at Abraham's story and be reminded about his spirit. And remember when Abraham was struggling with his big problem, the promise that he thought there's no way that this could come true. This powerful truth was shared with him. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? God is the one that we should be trusting in to solve our problems. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the all wise, all knowing, all present God. Rest in him, run to him, lean in him during this season. He will never let you down. As you have time to discuss this question or respond to this question, I want you to chew over the question, who do we typically trust in? You know, what, what, where do we find ourselves putting our faith? Who do we find ourselves trying to find comfort in one for, in other people? Listen, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't put a lot of hope in politics, but I do put a lot of hope in my family. I do hope in my wife. I, I, I often look to her for comfort and to her for wisdom and her for advice. She's an incredible person, but she's not God. God should be the one that we run to and trust in more than anybody else. So as you respond today, remember, we want to hear from you if this is your first time or if you're with us every time. Will you connect with us and let us know how we can pray for you? And if you're here today and you're saying, I'm listening to this and I don't have this hope, I don't have this peace, but I want it. Can I encourage you to go to the gospel tab at branchlife.church slash the gospel. And there you can see how to begin a relationship with Jesus. Or talk to the person that introduced you to Branch Life. Or reach out to us online. We want to share with you the good news that Jesus solves our real problems. And today you can have access to a relationship with God. And Christian, if you have God as your personal Savior, today trust in Him for these problems. And be that person that's filled with peace and hope and joy and love. Even in the pandemic. Look at this powerful truth. Christian. Look at this powerful truth. Therefore, 
as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So one act of righteousness leads to justification. Jesus died on the cross and rose again for our sins. And the life is available for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. This is the good news that we celebrate today. Sin broke the world, but Christ has brought healing and hope to a broken world. Jesus solves the problems of sin, and sin is the root of all problems. I want to encourage you to take some time and reflect on this during the countdown. Go ahead and fill out the card and join us again next week as we go into part three of good news and we share more good news from our community and some more of the best news that we have from God's word. Thank you for joining us and have a great rest of your day.